chapter 119. While you're turning there, I just have one announcement. That's why I borrowed that. I wanted to make sure there's nothing coming up right around the corner that I'm missing. And uh, the only, only thing we've got coming up, everything else is next week, but the only thing we got coming up is this Sunday, uh, 6 o'clock Sunday night, we're going to be doing our Harvest Festival or whatever we're calling it. I think we're calling it a Harvest Festival. So um, make sure you sign up, if, even if you're not going to bring anything. If you haven't signed up and you're going to be here, sign up. If you are going to bring dessert, sign up for that. It's a contest, so don't write what you're making. Same thing with the soup. If you're going to do the soup contest, sign up for it, but don't write what kind you're going to uh, make unless you're really trying to get the judges to know what you got and give you a little bit of favor there. But those are the only thing, only announcements we have uh, that we need to mention tonight. Psalm chapter 119. Somebody raise your hand and tell me what Psalm chapter 119, what, what is Psalm 119 all about? Chris. <laughs> Wrong book, brother. Brother John. Word of God, and we are going to talk about it a little bit tonight, but we're not, it's, we're going to go in a little bit different direction. Um, the Bible is so important to the Christian. Um, I, I preached, I don't even know how long, it's probably a year and a half or two years ago now, about how we, uh, how do we make decisions, how do we follow the will of God uh, for our lives and there's, a, there's different ways, different things God uses <clears throat> in our lives. He uses our experiences. We're not, you know, coming into a decision completely clueless. So based on our experiences, we can make decisions. Uh, this was the last message, the, this message I preached. But where our experiences contradict God's word, we follow God's word. Um, God gives us a conscience. But if our conscience and our decision-making abilities contradict God's word, we follow God's word. Uh, so the, God's word is extremely important to us as Christians. It's used for, for how we live, decisions we make, determining God's will for our lives, um, uh, who we follow as far as a pastor, uh, as opposed to the cults like we've been talking about, uh, pastors, the series he's been doing. Uh, we use the Bible to follow the direction the church will go. Everything the church does is based on the Bible, and you'll hear pastors say that all the time. If there's something we're doing that doesn't match God's word, bring it up. Not in church. Bring it up to him, and we will change it. Uh, we're trying to follow God's word. We're not here to follow a specific religion. We're not here and like, wow, man, you know, the Baptists say this, and it's not in God's word, but we're Baptists, so we got to do it. That's not what we do. That's why we're independent Baptists. We follow God's word. So God's word is extremely extremely important to us, but we have a problem, and, and uh, hold your finger in Psalm 119 and go to Psalm 51. And this is all in an introduction. I'll tell you what verse we're going to here in a minute. But Psalm chapter 51 and verse 5, David says this, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. The problem we have <clears throat> is we, we're, we have a deficit from the beginning in our moral uh, lives, in our, in our walk with God. We have a deficit because we were shapen in iniquity. We were born uh, with a sin nature. We were born with sin flowing through our veins. We were born of a sinful bloodline because of Adam, right? Adam and Eve. Um, and then the Bible also says 
Our hearts are desperately wicked. The Bible says it's so wicked, who can know it? So, our beginnings are in sin. Our old nature wants to keep hold of that sin. In Romans chapter 3, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. You'll recognize this verse as soon as I start reading it. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The point I'm trying to make is we're told how to do good. We're told what we're supposed to be doing in God's word. But we have that sin nature which makes it very difficult for us to do God's will and do what God's word says. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 33, Psalms 119 is broken up into these different stanzas of a song. Uh, and we're going to look at, we're not going to look at all of 33 through 40 because there's so much there. But we're going we're gonna, to uh, focus in on verses 33, 34, 35, and 36. Um, but I think, what's, I think what we could call this is, so, so Psalm 119 is all about God's word, but we're going to actually look at a prayer. Uh, and we don't know who the psalmist is for Psalm 119. It's actually an anonymous writer. Very likely could have been David, but we don't know that. But he is begging God in this prayer to show him, to teach him, to give him understanding of God's word because he knows the state of his heart. He knows the state of this nature that he has, this sinful nature. Um, and I think we could call whoever this psalmist is uh, a very serious Christian. This is the prayer of a serious Christian wanting to follow God. He says this in verse 33, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Verse 36 says, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. And he continues on praying, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to, to thy fear. Turn away from my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. And he has one last prayer request, Quicken me in thy righteousness. Uh, this is the prayer of a serious, serious Christian. And going back to what I was talking about with our sin natures, nobody has to, and we've heard this, nobody has to teach us to lie, to cheat, to be selfish. Nobody has to teach us that. Um, you know, when we're three, four years old, we don't have our parents say, you better not be lying to me, and, and you go, I never thought of that. I should start lying. That's a great idea. We don't have to be taught. I had a, a bus worker one time. We used to go into... Gary, Indiana, and, and pick up kids for church. And you, Sarah might remember this. I was the bus captain, so it was, I was in charge of the bus, making sure everybody got picked up safely and dropped off safely and uh, got to their classes once they got to church and all of that. And uh, <clears throat> I had a bus worker uh, on the bus one time, and he was preaching, and he said, you know, we, we should be good. You know, we're coming to church. The bus is church. Because what would happen is we were 30 minutes away from church. And so on the way there, they would miss Sunday school, and it, the bus was Sunday school, and then they would get to church and have the regular service. So we did Sunday school on the bus, and so he, we did songs and everything, and then he got up and was preaching, and he said, 
uh, you know, you shouldn't be looking out the bus while you're while you, while we're teaching Sunday school, trying to beep the, the trucks. And I was like, no, why did you? Why would you say that? For the next three weeks, the kids are trying to beep trucks out the window. You know, nobody has to teach us uh, how to sin, right? Um, so this should be our prayer here in Psalm chapter 119, verse 33 through 40. Teach me. This psalmist is uh, trying to gain admission, I guess we could say, into God's school. He knows who he wants to teach him. It's God. He doesn't want to be teaching himself. I uh, heard somebody say, or I, I didn't hear him, I, I read a, a quote. It said uh, something to the effect of, he who is... He who teaches himself from experience or something like that has a fool for a teacher. Um, you know, they say experience is the best teacher. Eh, it's a good teacher. It's not the best. God's word is the best teacher for our lives. What does God want us to do? Um, so in Psalm 119, this stanza, there's 22 of these little stanzas. This is the only one, and I know there's only eight verses there, but there's nine prayer requests in it. But this is the only stanza in Psalm 119, that has every single verse uh, as a prayer. Uh, you know that just about, I think there's one or two verses in all of Psalm 119 that don't talk about God's Word, but this is the only stanza that has a prayer request in each one of them. And we're going to talk about that tonight, the prayer of a serious Christian. And as we go through this, it's, this is not a, you know, Brother Bill said, you better be preaching to me tonight. I said, I, I got something for you, Bill. This is not necessarily a, that's not my style anyway, too rear back and scream and holler, but think about this as we go through it. A, am I serious in my Christian life? Are we going through the motions? Uh, and we're going to talk about that. And B, do I want God to do this in my life? Do I want Him to teach me? Uh, or are we just, you know, reading our Bibles in the morning and as something that we do as Christians? That's in, that's in Psalm 119 here in this little passage this serious Christian begging God to teach him and give him understanding and change his heart and keep his heart. So we're going to talk about that. Let's pray, and then we'll get right into it. Father, I thank you for this day you've given us. God, I thank, pray that as we look at your word here for these few minutes, God, that you would just give us a seriousness. God, we're living in some crazy times, and it is not the time for Christians to be uh, slack. It's not the time for, for us to be playing games in our spiritual lives. Uh, God, we need you to, to lead us and to guide us and to keep our hearts, to keep us clean and to keep us right with you. And God, I pray that this, as we look at this prayer in your word from an unknown person, somebody we don't even have whose name it is, uh, God, that we would apply this to our lives and make it our prayer uh, for you to teach us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. First thing we're going to look at is teach me. He he is praying to God, and he tells him who he wants to teach him. He doesn't want to teach himself. Um, this anonymous author of Psalm 119 was obviously devoted already to the Word of God. This is not um, him looking for the truth, saying, God, show me where to find the truth. He knows where it's at. In Psalm 119, I'm gonna, I wrote a list of things that he says throughout the whole chapter um, about God's Word, but throughout this chapter, he has read it. He has studied it. He has meditated on it. He's memorized it. He believes it. He's delighting in God's word. He's obeying it. He's proclaiming it and even suffering for the word of God. That's all in Psalm chapter 119. 
This is not a brand new Christian that stumbled upon the Word of God and is, like, and is saying, man, I didn't know all this was in there. He knows the Word of God. He's studying it. He was shaped by it. Uh, so much so that you just turn a page over in verse 99. This person asking God to teach him says in verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Including his theology teachers, but, you know, he, he says, I know more than my teachers, and I still don't know what you want me to know. I want you to teach me. Um, and unless we have a, a teachable attitude, actually, before I even get into that, probably the strongest evidence of this devotion that this Christian man, this, this author has, is his willingness to acknowledge. You saw in verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers, and yet he's willing to acknowledge to God, I need you to teach me. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding. Verse 35, make me to go in the path of thy commandments. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. He understands his sin nature. He understands that if he, if he starts to drift, is bad news. Maybe from experience he knows this. But unless we have a teachable attitude, God will not teach us. Um, this is, it's this way in, in business or sports or any job that you have. Uh, I've, I've experienced it myself, you know, trying to train people. I'm sure Nitin, you train people all the time. Uh, any one of us that's training. Uh, somebody comes in and already knows everything, you don't even want to teach him, right? You may, have, you may know what they don't know. You may know he doesn't understand this concept of the business, but he thinks he knows everything. I'm not teaching it to him. That's, that's the attitude, at least that's the attitude I get. You know what? If you know so much, then go do it, and then now they're stumbling along trying to figure it out. This, this author, this psalmist, has a teachable attitude. He goes to God and says, teach me. Um, that's what my dad used to, I, I just remember, we, we grew up wrestling. I know you, you all have heard that. But I had one of my little brothers all the time when my dad, because my dad grew up wrestling too, so he would always, when we got home, he would kind of teach us other moves and different, and different things. And I had a little brother that, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. My dad would always, you don't have a teachable attitude. You don't have, you can't be coached is what he would say. You can't be coached. We need to be teachable. Uh, someone said this, education is the process of going from unconscious ignorance to conscious ignorance. Pretty much the you don't even know what you don't know to as you learn, man, I realize how much I still don't know. I really need to, to buckle down and learn this. This uh, education is the process of going from unconscious ignorance to conscious ignorance. Um, and a wise Christian, a serious Christian, uh, there's nothing wrong with you know, going to other Christians for advice uh, on, or, or even taking a passage and saying, you, have, you know what this means and talking it over. But if we want the real uh, understanding, the real teaching, we go to God. Uh, that's what meditation on a, on a passage of Scripture is. It's, it's not uh, sitting there, you know, trying to find our center about a Bible verse. It's going to God and, and meditating on it and, and studying a, a passage, studying it, comparing it to other passages so that we can understand what it is that God is trying to say to us. 
Um, you are, you've heard that, uh, was it Jiminy Cricket? It says, let your conscience be your guide. I think it's uh, Jimmy, Jiminy Cricket in, in Pinocchio. Uh, other people say, follow your heart. That's some of the best, or some of the worst advice we can have. We already, we already mentioned the verse that says, the heart is desperately wicked. Uh, who can know it? Um, and our consciences are not, you know, God gave us our conscience for a reason, so that we can, it can help guide us. But that's, that's not our teacher. God is our teacher. God's word is our teacher, and our, and our psalmist says that here. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. Um, he's not asking for a body of truth. He's not asking for, teach me what, what is the truth. He knows what the truth is. He has the truth. He knows that already. So he's not asking for a body of truth. He doesn't say, tell me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I'll keep them. He knows what they are. He's asking him to teach him, and there's a big difference. Uh, somebody, you know, you go to work for somebody, and they say, man, teach me everything you know. They might know a lot about that industry. They might know a lot about carpentry or whatever it is that they're learning. But teach me is all the little nuances, all the little business things that you've had to learn over the course of your business uh, teach me those, and that's what this author is asking God. He's asking to know a way of life, and that's a lot more than just knowledge. Uh, he wants to know uh, how God wants him to live. Um, but it's interesting here, for what purpose? What Last part of verse 33, what, what is his reason for wanting to know, for wanting God to teach him the way of thy statutes? For what end? Uh, it's not, his goal is not just to learn. Um, I shall keep them, I shall keep it unto the end. He wants to really, really know it so that he can keep it. Uh, at work, we have uh, the, the State Corporation Commission um, regulates all of the gas industry, all the gas utilities, Virginia Natural Gas and City of Richmond Gas and uh, Columbia Gas. They, they regulate us. And so that we have all kinds of policy written up. The police, I know, have tons and tons of policy um, all, all different industries have policy. And there are people out there, and, and I, we have some of them at our work, that study policy. They really do. They know policy inside and out. And if you do something wrong, they'll call you out on it. And, but they're some of the worst workers we have on the job site. In fact, we just had one get fired. Uh, I mean, and, and he had a, a reputation for knowing policy and procedure. And they fired him because he's just a terrible worker. Um, there's two different reasons for understanding policy and procedure, right? One is so that you can tell everybody they're wrong or just have that reputation or whatever. And others study policy so that they can do the job right the first time with no issues. You know, the state comes out on our jobs, and if you do something wrong, we get fines and everything else. They, they study policy, the good workers, so that they can understand how to do their job right without mistakes, doing it right the first time. That's what this guy is asking God. Teach me so that I can know the way of your statutes, and so I'll keep them unto the end. So that it's not a passing thing that I'm like, you know, man, is this what it really is saying or not? Teach it to me so I know and can keep it to the end. D.L. Moody said this, God did not give us the scriptures to increase our knowledge. He gave it to us to change our lives. That's what he's asking God to do here. Teach me this so that all the way till the end of my life, I can keep your statutes so that I can stay in the way of your statutes. James chapter 1, verse 22. Go ahead and turn there with me. 
Hold your finger in Psalm 119. And you know this verse as well, so James 1, 122. The goal of spiritual instruction is an obedient life. Uh, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, we don't come to church to learn the Bible just for the sake of learning the Bible. We're coming to church so that we can uh, understand God's word so that we can be obedient. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 21, verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And you know that the rest of that verse. He goes away, doesn't change anything, walks away, and the issues that's on his face are still there. He doesn't fix anything. Um, end of verse 24. Beholds himself in a glass, he goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. He saw an issue, walked away, and forgot all about it. That's a hearer and not a doer. And that's what this psalmist is asking God. Help me not to just be a hearer. Uh, help me to be a doer. Teach me what you want me to do. Um, I wrote this down. We, we are fooling ourselves if we think we are right with God simply by hearing his word. That would make everybody that comes to church right with God, right? That's not, you're not right with God because I go to church. You know, you might even have the reputation at work that, you know, yeah, they call me reverend. They know I go to church. But outside of church, you're, you're not any different than, than anybody else, right? They know you go to church. But going to church, hearing God's word does not make you uh, a good Christian or right with God. Obeying what we are taught obeying what God's Word says. That's where we start to really uh, get our, our lives right uh, with God. Um, and what's the importance? I wrote this down as well. What's the importance of to the end? There's, uh, other, there's, there's theology that talks about, you know, if you don't persevere to the end, you're not even saved and all the rest of that. Uh, that's not what we're going to talk about tonight, but... What is the importance of to the end? Um, I think a faith that, that uh, flashes and then fizzles out had issues from the beginning. Um, maybe it was a, you know, a parent that, that brought you up in this religion, and so that's what you do. But as soon as you're able to, you kind of fizzle out. Uh, or a teacher or a pastor. I've seen lots of people go to the mission field even. And you know, within a couple years, they leave, and they're like, yeah, I don't think I was ever called to the mission field to begin with. So, so, and I'm not saying they're wrong for leaving if God didn't call them that, but that doesn't mean walk away from your faith either. Uh, but a faith that fizzles has, has issues from, from the beginning, and we are told to persevere to the end. We're told as Christians to keep our faith uh, to the end. Uh, real, real faith perseveres to the end regardless of the obstacles and trials that get in our way. Uh, and I know that's easier said than done, and that's why this, verse 33, this, that's why he is saying, teach me so that when I get it from you, God, I really get it. Uh, this isn't something a pastor told me or a teacher told me or, you know, some feeling I had. Um, teach me so I really get it. But then verse 34, moving on, says, give me understanding, which seems really close to teach me, but it is different. Give me understanding. Uh, Acts chapter 8, go ahead and turn there, Acts chapter 8, verse 26, and you might not know this story without, before you get there, once you get there, you'll know what story this is, but 
Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Give me understanding. Uh, if you're there now, you'll know this is the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And the angel of the Lord, verse 26, spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And, it, and the story goes on, and the uh, Ethiopian eunuch gets saved and then gets baptized right away. But there's a difference between uh, knowing something, teach me, and understanding it. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. So verse 33, he says, teach me the way of thy statutes, and I'll keep them to the end. Verse 34, he says, give me understanding, and I'll keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Very similar prayer request here. Make me understand it. Uh, and I was thinking about this as I was uh, studying for this, for this lesson. Um, he asked him to, to give him understanding for the purpose of keeping his, the law, or his law, God's law. Um, and I thought about this. You know, if, if you're at work and somebody tells you, hey, or, or even a kid, you know, clean your room, you know, before you go to school, you've got to clean your room, brush your teeth, you know, take a shower, comb your hair, do all these things. It's hard to remember all those little things. If you're at work, uh, I was thinking about, I don't have time to explain it all, so I'm not going to, but, you know, we do, uh, one, of the, one of the most complicated things we do at work is what's called a bypass. And what, it, what that is, it makes sense. You have a live gas line, and something's wrong in the middle of that gas line, but you have 5,000 customers down the line from that. You can't just turn it off and fix it. So you run a bypass around it, Fix that, so now you have two live gas lines. This one stays live. You fix the broken one, make the gas, make the broken one that's fixed now back live, and then you take it off a bypass. There's a lot of steps to that. Uh, I was going to bring in a, a, a packet that I have. It's like 30 pages long of an engineer writing out a step-by-step -step process for this whole thing. If you're just following a list and you don't understand what you're doing, it's extremely confusing and very easy to forget steps. But if you understand the whole process, if you understand what's going on, what, the, what you're trying to do with this bypass, it's actually pretty simple. It's just a matter of signing off on each step. That's kind of what, is, what the author is saying here. Don't just give me a list of do's and don'ts, God. I, I know what those are. Give me understanding so that I can keep your law. And if you want to give me understanding so I can keep it, I'll observe it with my whole heart. I'll do it. I just need to know. I need to understand what you want me to do. That's what he's asking here. And, and so the whole point of this lesson is that this is a serious Christian asking God for these things. Are we asking him for that? Uh, I think often we do equate going to church or going to visitation or showing up for different ministries with right with God. Our, that's our righteousness, but it's not. Uh, it's, it's a fruit of our, our walk with God, but it's not our actual walk with God. And uh, so the point, the point I'm trying to make is, are you asking God for this? When we're sitting down and reading 
our Bibles in the morning? Are we asking him to give us understanding so that we can keep his law, so that we can uh, observe it with our whole heart? Uh, I think a good, a good uh, description of what's going on here is this, this psalmist is asking God, help me to surrender. Help me to give you, I want to, I just don't exactly know how. I want to follow everything in your word, but I don't really know how. I know more than my teachers about God's word, but I want to understand it so that I can keep your whole law. Are we doing that? Uh, is the challenge here tonight that I'm, that I'm trying to get across. Are we that interested in knowing what God wants us to do, or are we just like, meh, you know, I go to church. Pastor will figure it out for me. If I'm doing something wrong, he'll let me know. We're supposed to be doing that. That's, that's growing in grace. That's, on our, that's our theme for this year. That's when, when we're able to do that for ourselves. That's when we're really growing uh, as Christians. Enrolling in God's school or enrolling or becoming a, a son of God does not mean we're autom- we get a passing grade automatically, right? As Karen's a teacher, kid comes to school doesn't mean you automatically get a good grade. The kid sits under her lesson doesn't mean you automatically get a good grade. You have to do the work, understand what's being taught, then you get a test so that they know you know what's being taught. Uh, and that's, how, that's what this, this Christian is asking God. Help me. I want to do what you want me to do, but I need your help. And even my teachers can't help me because I know more than they do, and I'm still not where I need to be. Psalm chapter 23, verse 3. Verse 3, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, but for what reason? Why does God lead us in the paths of righteousness? Why does he want to teach us? Why does he want to give us understanding? Does anybody know the, the last part of that verse? For his name's sake. It's not so that we can, now I got understanding, Nitin, let me tell you what I know. It's for God's glory. It's for his name's sake that he wants to teach us this. And it's for his name's sake that we should be wanting to learn, uh, that we should be wanting this understanding. Then he says, make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Again, I'll say, I'll say it again. This is a serious Christian. He delights in being on the path of the commandments of God. Make me to go in thy path, verse 35, for therein do I delight. It reminds me of Paul when he says, when he's, when he's uh, writing in Romans, I try to do right, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm trying not to do wrong and I'm doing it. Things that I would do, I don't. And things that I wouldn't do, I do. I'm trying. And I think that's what this psalmist is saying. I love being in the paths, in the path that you want me to be on, but I need your help. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for that's where I delight. You know, I, I think um, none of us is happy when we're in sin. We're miserable, but that's the path we always, that's the easy path. Uh, we're miserable. We love being right with God. We love, and I don't mean being in church. We like coming to church, but we love when our, when our walk with God is right. If you're any, halfway a Christian, that's where you are. You love when your walk with God is right, but it's so easy to get off that path, and that's what he's praying here. For therein. In the path of thy commandments, do I delight. Um, And then lastly, and we're almost done, but lastly, verse 36, incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. 
I think that's interesting that he brings that up. Um, it's so easy going to work every single day and, you know, maybe seeing your portfolio grow, seeing your bank account grow. It's so easy to get caught up in that, in money and in things. And he says here, incline my heart to thy testimonies, not to covetousness. Uh, nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with having things. But when it gets a hold of us, that's what we go after. We know the, the verse. Uh, I wrote it down, but I can't remember the reference now. But um, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, he's saying, please help my heart to stay where it should be so that I don't get covetous. Um, make my treasure, make me treasure your word so that my heart and my walk will follow. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's not always a bad thing. Sometimes that's a good thing. Uh, if, if your heart is in the right place, if your treasure is in the right place, uh, wanting to do the things of God, your heart will follow that. Um, so this is, this is uh, the serious Christian's prayer. And I don't have to, I, I'm stopping in the middle because I don't have time for thir verses 37 through 40. Uh, maybe we'll do that another time, but you read through there. It's just as good. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Quicken thou me in the way. Make me alive uh, in the way. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. And he says, quicken me in thy righteousness. This whole thing is not about him. It's not about this Christian. Teach me. Give me understanding. That's, he's not asking for his own purposes. He's asking, and it sums it up there in verse 40, quicken me in thy righteousness. He wants to be right with God. And uh, this, I wrote this down, and, and we'll close with this. Are we serious about knowing, understanding, knowing and understanding God's word and staying on the path of righteousness? If you're not, this prayer had never crossed your mind right? I'm in church. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I'm involved in the ministries. You know, I get along with everybody at church. That's not right. That's not right with God is my point here. Well, we love, Bible says in, in other places, but I, David says it, I desire your word more than my necessary food. Is that where we're at? Um, hopefully this is a challenge, but Read over that. Hopefully I did it justice. I probably did not. But read over Psalm 119, verse 33 through 40. That's the prayer of a serious Christian, and I hope that we're there ourselves. Uh, if not, it's a good place to start. Uh, praying that God will give us understanding of his word so that we can follow what he wants us to be doing. Uh, we talked about it before. Uh, it comes up fairly often, but, you know, we don't get to, we talk about this all the time with unsaved. You don't stand before God as an unsaved person and say, well, I didn't know. I didn't know the law, right? Brother John's gone now, but, uh, you know, he pulls somebody over and, and they say, oh, I didn't know that was the law. Sorry, you do now. And they get a ticket because nobody gets away without a ticket. Not with Brother John. But we talk about that with the unsaved, you know, oh, I didn't, I didn't know, so I'm not guilty before God. You're still guilty before God. And that's where we are as Christians. Um, you know, I didn't know what 
what your, what your word said. I didn't know what I was supposed to do as a Christian. We don't have any excuse. We're supposed to know it. It's right here in front of us. But then more than just the knowledge, teach me so that I can keep it to the end. Give me understanding so, and I'll observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in thy path for I delight there. and Incline my heart to thy testimonies. The prayer of a serious Christian. Uh, and I hope that, that uh, you know, we're, we're serious about our Christian walk. Uh, I hope that, and I know our pastor is praying that for each one of us, and I hope we pray that for, our, for each other. Um, you know, the church is only as strong as its weakest member. The chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? Uh, it's important for the rest of the church that we're doing our part in walking with God and being as close to him as we can. Um, you know, where um, the children of Israel with, with Achan, right? The rest, of the, the rest of the children of Israel could have been as right as possible. Achan wasn't, and it, they lost 36 husbands. 36 fathers were, were killed in that battle there at Ai because Achan was in sin. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying anybody in here is in open, known sin, but are we right, as right as we possibly can be? Are we trying to grow? Are we trying to be as close to God's word as we can be? Uh, that's the prayer of this Christian tonight. And I hope that's our prayer uh, for our lives going forward. All right, let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for passages in it like this, where it helps us to understand sometimes how far we are uh, in our seriousness as far as our walk with you. Uh, God, I just pray that, that this would be our prayer, that we would be trying to live as close uh, as possible to the way that you want us to live. And uh, God, that we would be studying your word so that we know better how to live for you. And uh, God, there's no, no better teacher than your Holy Spirit. And so God, I pray that we would be uh, begging for your Holy, Spirit's, uh, to, Holy Spirit to give us understanding uh, as well as we read your word, but it's important that we're reading it uh, so that we have the knowledge to then put understanding to it, which gives us wisdom. God, I pray that you would be with our pastor as he's preaching tonight and tomorrow. God, I pray that you'd be uh, with those services, that you'd uh, work in them, uh, move hearts, that it's a missions conference. I pray that you'd even call some young people to the mission field uh, through those messages and through those services here this week. And I pray that you bring him back and his family back safely to us uh, for Sunday. God, I pray that you be with us as we go out the rest of our week to our workplaces and uh, that you just give us safety. But God, I pray that you'd help us even more so to be a testimony for you. Uh, as this psalmist said, uh, or as David said in Psalm 23, for thy namesake, so that you can get the glory, uh, so that people will see you through us. I pray that you would help us to live for you. I pray that you give us a good week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.